miracles. So I'm going to start off this way this morning, and I'm going to ask all the moms in the room if you would stand back up. So moms in the room, if you're a mom, would you please stand up? Um, How about a mom-to-be? We can do that, yeah, here in the next week or so, just very soon, um, hopefully soon, she says. And moms, we're, we're so thankful. I know it's not Mother's Day, it's kind of maybe the halfway point between Mother's Day and around, but we're grateful for all that you do during the Christmas holiday. And I'm going to ask one of you at least, somebody just yell out, shout out, what's your favorite thing about the Christmas holiday? Somebody who would? Families. Families. All right. We got some families. People like families. Now I'm going to ask what would be your least favorite thing? Somebody. Family. That's what I heard. All right. It works. I thought maybe that was coming. So, mothers, thank you for all you do during the season. You can, you can have a seat. We're grateful for that. And absolutely. And if you don't know, my mom was one standing up over here, and I've got to really give a shout out and thank her um, for all she's done for me as well. So, nursery as well. You bet. Um, nursery, there... It's great for moms to be able to come in and drop their little ones off. So if they have little ones, they can stay in the nursery. Um, And this was a great opportunity for you to be able to serve them. So there's some open spots for your service in those second hour, third hour. Um, So you could come and serve in the nursery and then come to this service. And they'll help moms get that little bit of a break that they need. But here's one of my favorite quotes that I heard this last week. And it was about kids, kids that grow up. As they grow up, they kind of witness and watch things at Christmas time, right? And they start to recognize what's going on around them, and they start to put pieces and things together. And this is a quote that I heard this week, that that they began to really appreciate, and they liked opening gifts and watching their dad get excited and um, surprised at the gift as much as they were uh, surprised by the gift, right? Does that make sense? You know, that thank you moms again for making sure all that works, and even if we don't, as dads, know what's wrapped up, um, we appreciate all of that. Now, to me, it's amazing, this concept of motherhood. And it's not just motherhood, because whether you're a mom or not, you have a mom um, because you're here. And so this concept of life beginning inside of another life just amazes me. It's one of the wonders that, that I'm baffled by God, that our lives begin inside the body of another person. How amazing is that? And so I can't speak as a mom because I've never had that experience, experience, but I also know that none of us can speak on behalf of Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she not only had that experience, but she had the Messiah in her. That's amazing to really stop and, and contemplate the concept that Mary had the Messiah inside of her. In fact, Mary is the only person, I'm going to wrap back around to this one, so, but I want you to hang on to this thought, maybe, maybe through the rest of the season. Mary is the only person that Jesus lived in her both physically and spiritually. She's the only person that can claim that, that Jesus lived inside of her both physically and spiritually. So we're going to spend some time with Mary this morning and trying to understand her and her concept and what was going on with her and why she's so special. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 1, I'd love for you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, get your phones out, get your Bible apps open. Um, If you follow us on that, we have an event 
on that Bible app so you can go to that event and follow us there. Um, Luke chapter 1, starting verse 26, and this is the story of the angel coming to Mary and her finding out that she is pregnant with Jesus. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David." And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is a sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There is no doubt after reading a story like that that something special, something amazing was with this young girl. There was something just crazy amazing about this young girl and what was going to happen with her, even at a young age. Now, last week we talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah. And if you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. I think it builds on to this story. Um, But I have to ask the question, is it because of Mary or because of God in Mary? Or maybe a little bit of both. And how does that affect us? And what can we learn from it? So I read, as I read through this story, I see, first of all, that I I notice that Mary was favored. And that's a pretty big deal. She was favored. We see this in two different places, verse 28 and verse 30. Um, It says, oh, favored one, or you have found favor with God. Two different times the angel says that to Mary. So we know she's favored. But what does that mean, right? We've got to get this. What does it mean to be favored? Well, this afternoon, the Patriots are favored over the Chiefs by three points. That's what it means. Yeah, I, I hope that's not the case, but that's, the experts have decided that the Patriots are better than the Chiefs by at least three points to cover the spread. All right, boo, I hear it, right? Or maybe it means that I'm the favorite one in my family, which is true of all my <laughs> brothers and sisters. I've been the, right? Right, Don? She's going she's gonna to walk out. <laughs> My brother's here too. He agrees with me. Um, okay, maybe, maybe it doesn't mean that. Maybe it means this. Here's one train of thought with Mary. All right, hang on to this one. Mary was a special person with a specific purpose. She was a specific person with a specific purpose. That's what it means to be favored. And if that's the definition of being favored by God, then all of you are favored by God. It's not just Mary. If it's a specific person for a specific purpose, you are favored. 
I love this story. In the Old Testament, there's a story about a girl named Esther. And Esther, through a um, series of events, she became queen. And during her time as queen, there came a chance where she had to be bold and she had to step out in faith. And her uncle, his name was Mordecai, he came along next to her and he said, who knows, Esther, but maybe you were born for such a time as this. She had a specific purpose and she was the specific person to make that happen. And I believe in all of our lives, there's something like that with us. Now, for me, I have many people that I would call a friend. So I've got many people that would call, hopefully, back to me a friend or at least an acquaintance, right? A friendship. I got a few that are close friends. But I have what I would say a few hundred people that would call me pastor. That's you guys. Thank you for that. My title then would be pastor. So I could be called pastor by a few hundred people. There's a handful of people, though a very small group of people that can call me uncle. There's even a smaller group, two people that can call me brother. Maybe after my joke earlier, maybe not. Um, They might call me something else. A a few more that call me brother-in-law. There's only two people that can call me son. A a couple others that can call me son-in-law. There's only two people in this world that can call me dad. There's only one that can call me husband. Now I get it. There's a lot of husbands in the room, right? So that's not unique. But it is unique to April. I am the only one that she calls husband. A specific person for a specific purpose to those people. Now to you, when you think through it, it might seem insignificant, but you are a specific person for a specific task. And who knows, you might change the world for those people. You might be the one that's going to change everything for them. And you're the only one that can do it. Therefore, I believe, similar to Mary, you all are favored by God for something. Now, to be favored, we have to break this down and understand a little bit. I think the next thing that we need to look at is that she was also fearless. She was fearless. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. And that that goes on and on and on. This is not the only place in Scripture we read this. We read it over and over and over. So I happen to believe that because it's stated so many times throughout Scripture to so many different people that we can apply it to our lives as well. Don't be afraid. We hear it so often. I actually told someone this week that I have the gift. I don't think it's a spiritual gift, but I have the gift of second guessing. I'm really good at this, right? I'm natural. It's a natural talent of mine to doubt and to worry and to overthink. Um, And it's not that I overthink some situations. I overthink about every situation in life. I'm just good at that. I'm I'm talented and I'm grateful for the people around me, the people I work with, the people I live with, that they show me grace at times and work with me through that special talent of mine. Um, It's not always easy when you're around people like me in this. But my goal, even though there's times I'm afraid and I second guess things, my goal is to not let it affect those around me. And I think if I would, it would, it would be even worse. But I also try this. I try not to let it keep me from moving forward. Whatever God has called me to do, whatever I'm supposed to be doing, I try my best not to let fear or second guessing stop me from taking the next step. Whatever that next step is. I may do it with fear but I push through and do it. And I believe we see this in Mary. 
Somebody told Joseph. I believe it was Mary. And if you read through the story, you'll notice this, that Mary went and told Joseph that she was expecting before the angel told Joseph. Before the angel came and talked to Joseph, Mary talked to him. We're going to dig into this one next week. Next week, we're going to unpack Joseph a little bit and try and understand his position. But think about this. Let this one set for you for a while, with you for a while. Mary went to Joseph before the angel explained it to him. Therefore, I wonder how that conversation went. Joseph, I'm, I'm pregnant. And he knew that it wasn't his. And she knew that he knew it wasn't his. And I'm guessing, it doesn't say it anywhere in Scripture, but I'm guessing that there were tears in that conversation. Somebody was crying. Somebody was upset. Somebody was disappointed. And that had to set for a while. But yet, she did it. Somebody had to go to her parents. I believe it was her that probably went to her mom and dad. How do you think that conversation went? Mom, dad, um, I'm expecting... And as a dad, I would be like, where is that Joseph? I'd like to talk to him, right? And when she said, um, but dad, it's not his. Well, honey, I'm a little disappointed, right? How do you think that, I'm sure that that conversation ended in tears as well. And I happen to believe that she was probably a little afraid to go into that. But her fear didn't hold her back from continuing on the journey that God had put her on. And I happen to believe as well that the rumors about Mary and this illegitimate child spread the rest of her life. I would probably believe that even while she was standing in front of Jesus while he was hanging on the cross, somebody probably said, yep, that's that illegitimate child of Mary's. And it continued with her whole, her whole life. But the reason she could do it, that she could continue, even if there was some fear in her, is because she was filled. And we see this and this. Some thought she was full of it, yes, but others thought knew that she was full of something special, which was the Holy Spirit. Verse 35, the Holy Spirit came upon you, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will be upon you. Now what does that mean, when the Spirit comes upon you? If the Holy Spirit comes into you and lives in you, what does that mean? Um, For Mary it meant that she became pregnant. When the Holy Spirit came upon her, she conceived, she became pregnant. So if I pray for all of you that the Holy Spirit fills you up, does that mean you're all going to be pregnant? (laughs) Some of you are thinking, I hope not, please. Um, And others may be. And if you're like, we've been trying for years, then go back and listen to last week. I think that's something special, that story. And there's something to that. But no, that's not what it means. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, when the Spirit came upon all of the apostles, they were able to speak in a language that they had never spoken in before. Because there were several people that had traveled into Jerusalem, and God had given them the power to share the good news of Jesus with them. And the only way they could do that is if they spoke in those languages. So the Holy Spirit being in them gave them the ability to speak to them. Does that mean that if I pray for the Holy Spirit to be in you that you're going to speak in languages you don't know? It's never happened to me. It probably won't happen to you unless there's a need for that. Unless God does that and needs that for you to do. There's some good teachings on the Holy Spirit in the book of John. If you want to unpack that, John, um, when he writes, he gives us some good insight. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples in verse 16, he says it this way, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good 
that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. And I'm thinking, it's Jesus, really? It's good that Jesus leaves? It is because the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm just one here, but the Holy Spirit can fill all of you. And the Holy Spirit will give you great things. And when you're filled with the Spirit, what happens is you receive a counselor. You receive a voice inside of you that helps you make decisions, wisdom, knowledge about how to share the story of Jesus with someone else. Gives you the ability to perform tasks fearlessly, like Mary. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit will do in you. And the test of the Spirit in you is it will always advance the kingdom. That's the test. How do, how do you know if the Spirit's in you? Is, is the kingdom being advanced? For Mary, she had Jesus, and the kingdom was advanced. For the apostles, they spoke in a language, in a language that other people could understand. Therefore, they advanced the kingdom because they told the good news of Jesus. For you and your ministry, whatever that ministry might be, whether it's here inside the church, outside of the church, it's that you will advance the kingdom somehow. Someone will come to know And I think that's what it means to be favored and to be filled. And if you do that fearlessly, I believe it shows your faith. And this is what we see in Mary as well. She was also faithful. She said it this way, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Just do it. That's a bold statement. For somebody to make that statement, if you can make that statement, I am your servant. Whatever you say, I'll go and do. Man, that's amazing. And these attributes of Mary are bold. And I think we can all learn from them. So I'm going to put them back up here. Here, Here's what they are. Favored, fearless, filled, and faithful. Of those attributes, as I, I look at these and try and figure these out, at least in my life as well, which one of these are on Mary, and which was on God? Which one of those, these are on me that I have to do? Which ones are God? And as I look through these, I'm like, it's mostly God. To be fearless, I just have to take something away. It's not that I have to do things. I just take away the fear as I keep walking. And to be faithful, it's not that I'm doing anything except trusting and continuing to walk the path that he put me on. So really... It's all God. Think about it like this. If Mary would have taken it upon herself to become pregnant, it would have all changed. If the angel would have said to her, you're going to have a son, you're going to call him Jesus, he's going to do this. And and she said, yep, yep, we got it all figured out. We're engaged, we're going to get married, we're going to buy a little house, we're going to go to college. When college is over, we're going to grow together, we're going to, you know, get to know each other. Then we'll plan out our family and we'll have a family and that's when I'll have a baby. The angel said, No, that's not the way it's going to work, right? If she would have tried to do it herself, it would have changed everything. She was just faithful on what was asked of her. I think about it myself personally and scripture as it teaches, you know, if I try and build this church on my own talents and gifts and skills, we're not going to make it as a church. I'm not that good. But together, if we all just walk the path that we're on and he grows us, then together we grow in this. If you try and live your life without God, you can do it. You're going to get through this life. Many people have. But I've come to the conclusion that I trust in Jesus. 
I trust in Jesus as the Son of God, my personal Lord and Savior. And then I try and make it practical. And not just here on a Sunday morning, uh, every day of the week, to try and make it a practical thing where the Spirit is filling me up so that I can be fearless as I continue to trust and be faithful as I walk. And hopefully that favors me with God. So you got to find it. What fills you up? What does he want you to do? What has he asked for you to do specifically? Find out how God speaks to you and then listen. And then continue that faithful path without any fear. And continue it outside of this place. You guys know this isn't it. We, we do our faith outside of this place. This is just a place for that encouragement. But what do you do? You invite somebody over for dinner. Do you talk to a coworker about your faith? Do you start a new ministry, whether it's here or outside of here? Do you continue serving here so it builds someone else up and encourages them? What do you just continue on the path that you're on? How do you say these words? I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. How do you say those and how do you follow? And I love this one as well. All right, hang on to this. We've heard this before, but I think it gets lost in the story. And notice in the story in verse 37, these words come out. Nothing is impossible with God. In the middle of the story of Mary finding out that she's pregnant with the Son of God, this is what we see. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary had one life, and I'm so glad that she was faithful to the calling, the specific calling on her specific life because it changed the world for all of us. And when she lived this way, when she was fearless and faithful in her calling, she was able then at the end to sing. And the song that she sang, we see um, later on in this chapter. I'm going to read a verse, a couple verses to you. I'm going to read it out of the message um, translation. It says this, verses 46 and 47, I am bursting with God news. Get it? It's not about her. It's about God. I'm dancing with the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. And it's not that we don't forget Mary. We never forget what happened to her and what she did. Now, I've heard this from many moms before, and as a dad, I can kind of say it as well. But I've heard many moms say, I'd do it all over again. I'd do it all over again as a mom. The pain, um, the, the childbirth, the raising kids, the sleepless nights, the teenage years, whatever it might be, I would do it all over again. The greatest source of pain, as you know in your life, often becomes the greatest source of joy in your life. And you have to go through that pain sometimes to get to that joy. And I believe Mary carried that pain and pride as a mom. Again, Mary was the only person that Jesus lived in both physically and spiritually. And get this, hang on to this with it. Mary was also the only person that saw Jesus in the crib and on the cross. The only one. As far as we know, Joseph was there at the crib, but he was not there with the cross. And the disciples may have um, weren't around when Jesus was born, but were around when the cross happened. Mary is the only one that can make that claim, that saw him as a baby and watched him die. 
And while he was on the cross, he looked at her, verse 19 of, of John, the Gospel of John, and he said this, Woman, behold your son. If he's talking about himself, the translation, Mom, I hope you're proud. Mom, you should be proud. I'm doing what I have been called to do. The specific person for a specific purpose. So my challenge to you this morning is this. You could leave here unchanged this morning. You can just you can walk out of here and go on with your life today, this afternoon, tomorrow's just same old, same old. Just keep going on as business as usual. Or you can leave here believing that you are favored as well. That God has called you a specific purpose, person for a specific purpose. And if you walk this path without fear, filled up with the Holy Spirit, and you're just faithful to the calling that he has called you to, man, he can change the world for someone. What is it that he has called you to be faithful for? And if he can change the world by bringing a savior through a baby boy, he can, he, can, he can fix whatever you're facing. Whatever you've got going on, God is bigger than that because nothing is impossible with him. If you don't know who this Jesus is, I'd love to share him with you. I'd love to tell you more about him. Um, if you do, continue to walk this path fearlessly as we all do it together. Let's prepare our hearts now for a time to remember what Jesus did for us. If you would, let's stand and sing.